Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Table 442 podcast. Against all odds, we're back for episode two. <laughs> I'm joined uh, today by my co-host, Aaron Briddy. How you doing, Aaron? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Uh, what feedback did you get from the <laughs> mate about the first pod? You know what? I got some some really good feedback. Um, a lot of stuff to, to build on. A few things we can tweak here and there to make things better. Um, but a lot of really nice positive feedback, um, which was obviously which was was nice to receive. I thought you. I mean, the way you started that answer was so Premier League manager at a press conference. <laughs> what, you know, uh, yeah, you know. building things up. You know, bloody blah bloody blah. blah, blah. <laughs> but no, it was nice on it. It was nice, yeah. and I think it, it's made like we were a little bit nervous, like. About doing the first podcast, but I think that that's turned into excitement. Yeah, um, absolutely. Before filming the first one, my heart was pounding and worried, thinking, "Oh God, God, just don't want to flop it." Whereas today, I've actually been really excited to finish work and start recording this one. Looking forward yeah. to it. Same here. Um, what about the content? So, as the what what's the WhatsApp group been saying about you know the contentious um, fun bind eleven? The big one, and it was the one that was a poll about on Twitter, was the only real argument I saw anybody have was um, Mane and Giggs on the left. Mm. Obviously, we both went for Mane in our team. Um, mm. Didn't even really discuss Ryan Giggs, in fact. We both just no. dismissed him off the bat. And then, actually, these won, Giggs has won the poll, and most people we spoke to have said, oh, actually, we would have had Giggs in. So that, that's been the big one that stood out. Yeah, well, let's get to that, as we uh, discussed this week in WhatsApp. So yeah, as Aaron alluded to, kind of the big talking point coming out of the, the first podcast, the uh, combined 11 between Manchester United's 99 treble winners and United's 20, uh, Liverpool, I beg your pardons, 2020 title winning side was uh, the omission of Ryan Giggs. And I must admit, listening back, not to really even give Giggs a mention was probably a little bit dismissive of him. Yeah. I stick by Mane, but what's, what kind of things have you heard from people on Twitter or in the WhatsApp groups this week about why Giggs should be inside? The big one that I had was come in quite a bit from our, our mutual friend of ours, Pete, was um, it wasn't just Giggs' impact on, say, the final or just the Premier League season. It was Giggs' impact across the, the whole treble winning campaign. He obviously kept alluding back to and quite happily sharing videos on Twitter of the, uh, the wonder goal against Arsenal in the FA Cup where... Um, to my mind, there's a bit of suspect defending and goalkeeping from the Arsenal team, but it's still an absolute wonder goal. Um, so, yeah, big arguments for Ryan Giggs from a lot of people. And I think, yeah, looking back, we probably should have given him a bit more discussion. I'm the same as you. Even taking that into consideration, it wouldn't change my mind. I think I, I put on Twitter Mane stats from last season, 22 goals, 12 assists, African player of yeah. the year and fourth in the Ballon d'Or. Think. Yeah, and I think like we didn't even we didn't get into those stats because both yeah. of us just were pro Mane from the start. Yeah, actually, like the, there's more stats about that. Of like Mane, I think contributed his winning goals contributed more points to any team than any other player in the Premier League last year. Yeah. So go. like um, he was, you know, he was a proper shout for Player of the Year. Uh-huh. Um, to be honest, I think like to be voted fourth in the Ballon d'Or. I mean this. It's not as simple as this, but he was voted fourth in the Ballon d'Or. I don't think Ryan Giggs, for what his all of his admirable qualities of longevity, consistency, you know, producing big moments like that FA Cup game, I don't think he was ever really considered 
one of the best players in the world. No, neither um, do I. And, and that's another discussion I was having with some friends on WhatsApp is that he was great and all those things that you just said about him, mate, we won countless trophies, and but he was always part of a great team. He was never sort of the focal point. I mean, he only ever got, what, two double figures in two seasons. Again, back mm. at his peak, wingers weren't, weren't what they are now where... Yeah. Most wingers are expected to get like top end wingers or get double figures every season. So accept yeah. that. But even his assists over such a huge period of time playing in such good, good teams with great strikers and great players alongside him, his stats don't really like jump out at you like, wow, yeah, this guy was a machine. They do over like they do over the period of his career. Yeah. Like when you, you just look at the numbers, the appearances, the assists, the goals, the trophies, of course. But I think when you consider a breakdown of that season by season, Mane may be a better player within his peak, but mm-hmm. probably won't stay at the top yeah. of the game for longer. So, long. Yeah. Like there are there are arguments for and against, but yeah. I think I would stick by the fact that during that season in particular, yeah, Mane was more impactful. So agreed. We're not trying to, you know, annoy the 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 few people that are that are grateful that we're very grateful to have Engage with us after our first podcast, yeah, but you absolutely. are wrong, and we are right. <laughs> and if you continue to listen to the podcast for a few more episodes, you will learn why. Yeah. So exactly. There we go. No, <laughs> uh, I just, of course, gig, we, we, we will let the people speak. Um, gigs, well, gigs slash Marne. We'll go gig, gig yeah. slash Marne. We'll take a twelve-man squad, and uh, yeah, we'll just see see what the uh, the lay of the land is on the day for that one. Yeah. Um, anything else? Aaron from the WhatsApp group, it's been obviously a bit of a chat on the back of the Liverpool-Man United snore yeah. draw. Yeah, well, the only other thing, and it was something, again, that we very briefly, I think it was you, touched on in the uh, the first episode, was Bruno Fernandes looking like he's tiring a bit. Um, obviously, Oli's been at a press conference today saying that he's, he's not tiring, and if he'd have scored the winner, you'd have all been saying he's the best player in the league again, da 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 da, da. But I don't think... You can really argue his performances have dropped off a little, and that's not in any way a slight on him. We we went into last week how how great he's been since he, he came, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think he's one one goal, one assist now in five games. He he lost possession nineteen times against Liverpool, and he's not having this same impact on on games as he as he was a few weeks ago. But he's probably running on fumes, to be honest with you. Yeah, me. I mean. Oli has a point, you know, if he was a match winner again, nobody would have said it, but he wasn't a match winner. Yeah. So I think if you might, if you watch the game, I don't think there's a, an indication that he wasn't like pressing. He wasn't you know, chasing after ball and stuff like that. Like he wasn't just completely heavy legged, but yeah. it's such a, in those big games, it's such a fine margin of like in the 70th minute of games when, you know, it's mentally, physically tough. Yeah. How brave are you going to be on the ball? What energy have you got to just create a little bit of space for a cross, for a shot, just to yeah. burst in the box to get in front of your man? And I just think it's those margins where he's just slipping a little bit. Yeah. Like I, I, it's not a criticism of him. No, like, no, every not at all. Player will go through this. I see it with with Kane goes through spells like this yeah. Spurs quite frequently, and then he'll come back a little bit refreshed later on. He, he'll be, you know back I think in a few games but I would just expect him to have a, a slightly quieter yeah. period now and I would be interested to see how United respond. Yeah, agreed. Totally agree. Well it was a very uh 
illustrious set of uh, teams we talked about uh, in the Fundbind 11 last week. Uh, in the Fundbind 11, we're going to do a little bit later. We're coming from a very different direction. Yeah. Uh, so I think that'll be a really interesting one. I really enjoyed preparing for it. Yeah, uh, but um, in the meantime, before that, we're going to go and see who will be joining or what will be joining David O'Leary, Alan Kirbishley and Yellow Cards for Celebrations uh, in our next section, Gardening Leave. So th uh, this has created quite a lot of talk for me from friends just putting messages in and a few people dropping them on Twitter. So um, we had Andy Gill who said he'd like to see the media overhyping players for no reason on gardening leave. Yeah. Name dropping certain Paul Pogba, I think that's fair. Um, and there was uh, Will Selwood who uh, gave a big uh, rousing defence of your selection for gardening leave and in particular, I mentioned for the the iconic Emmanuel Adebayor <laughs> celebration. Yeah. But we did um, agree we'll give that special dispensation. Yeah, that, it's just if, so if iconic. Yeah, if there's anything that's opposite from a yellow card, that's yeah. what he should get for that. Agreed. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you uh, if you're listening again this week and you have anything for for any suggestion for gardening league, please tweet us. The the uh, the Twitter handle will be up at, uh, at the bottom of the screen. Uh, so tweet us your suggestions with what you think uh, we should send there. Um, but Aaron, let's hear, let's hear yours first. Oh, okay. So I struggled a bit this week. It's a, try, a very fine balance between trying to find something not too obvious and something that you won't care about in the slightest. And what I've gone for yeah. is sort of, how to describe it, sort of the, the gentrification of, of footballers themselves. Um, and what I mean by that is there's no real mavericks around anymore. I feel like... When we were growing yeah. up, there was a few loose cannons. You're just as likely to put the ball in the top corner as there were to put the opponent into the stand. You know, like the the, the guys that had the collars up on, on the night team, had the, <laughs> Eric yeah. Cantona's, Francesco Totti's, the, the flawed geniuses. And I feel yeah. like no one's like that anymore. There's so much on the line with sponsorship deals and this and that and the other that everybody's just whitewashed to basically be clones of each other. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I see that. I think especially like... Obviously, you still have players who can produce things out of nothing on the oh, yeah. pitch. But I think yeah. the personality-wise, like there is a lot of yeah. uniformity to how interviews are done nowadays. Yes. Like you rarely watch an interview with a player and think that you've really learned anything yeah, or like, taken anything from the it. Message you make, like, wow, have you seen what he's just said? Because it's all yeah. the same cliches, little media sound bites. Yeah. No, I think that's it. Yeah. Anybody in particular come to mind that like there's a maverick you really miss? So we've had our fair share at Middlesbrough, to be fair. I suppose being a relatively small club, but quite ambitious, especially in sort of the 90s and 2000s, we weren't perhaps able to attract the top, top players. What we could was attract talented but flawed players. And we've obviously yeah. had Fabrizio Ravinelli, who was fantastic for us, but a bit of a nutter, um, but helped shape the club going forward because he refused to train on our old training facilities. We went out, spent a load of money, and now we've got tra great training facilities. Another one is is Alan Boxic, again, who was a, a phenomenal player, arguably to many people, obviously maybe the older generation would say Croatia's best player of all time or one of. Um, I've got a quick story that will sum up Alan Boxic, in fact, in this time. Yeah. Alan Boxic, the Maverick, let's hear it. If we've got a minute. So... 
sort of every three months or so, he'd, he'd fly a new, like basically a supermodel in from Croatia to come and live with him. And they, they lived with him, cleaned his house, did all his cooking, did everything for him. Um, and he would he would pay them. So the players never saw these women. They saw they see them come into the house because the players all lived together in like the same area, a place called Wynyard. And then that'd be it. They'd never see him again. And then he'd fly them off and a new one would come in when he got bored, basically. And one day he comes into training and he's absolutely seething, seething, effing and jeffing. These women, these women, these women, they're going to kill me. Da, 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 da. So anyway, it turned out he's that the not, day before... He's not wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It turned out that he'd gone home the day before. He didn't He didn't eat with the, with the players because he decided that the canteen food wasn't good enough. He needed his special food, cooking at home, and that was that. So he went home. They got opened the door expecting his food to all be there. The woman wasn't there. So he was livid. Anyway, it turned out that whilst he was at training, she decided to go on a run and got lost because he never used to let her out of the house anywhere. <laughs> she didn't know where she was. An hour later, the police turned up at the door with this woman crying and said to Alan Boxich, do you know like this woman then? And he's like, yeah, 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 I do. But I just need you to wait there one moment. And he turned round, went behind the door, picked up her bags that he'd packed, handed them to the police and said, you take her to the airport. She doesn't live here anymore. So the oh, woman God. stood there crying crying her eyes out. And he's like, no, 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 you know the rules. I told you the rules. I pay you to cook, I pay you to clean, I don't pay you to run. Now get out of my house, you're not welcome here anymore. That's a maverick. I mean, that, there's certainly one way of putting it. Um, <laughs> I could think of a couple of stronger words, but yeah, yeah. I just don't think you'd get you just away wouldn't get a footballer doing that. rotation of women in the Mail Online days. No. In, like, the Mail Online would be all over that if, you know, Christian Benteke. Yeah, imagine that. Or Jack, everyone saw the picture of Jack Grealish the other week and how that yeah. blew up the internet. You can't yeah. do anything. Footballers can't do anything anymore. They've all just got to be the clones of each other. And I hate it. Yeah, I, I, I understand. I don't think the, I think the boxing story is a great story, but not a fantastic argument for the return. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps <laughs> not an argument. But for the return of Mavericks to the game. Yeah, um, that's just a funny story. It is a, it is a funny story. Um, Mine, mine is, uh, if you take kind of the continental um, nuances of that story, yeah. um, mine is completely opposite and very, mm -hmm. in my opinion, kind of English. I would expect people who have this opinion like to have Union Jacks in their Twitter bios and stuff like that. Yeah. But for me, it's short corners. Okay. Can't be doing with short corners. Get the ball in the box. Smash the ball in the box, get your biggest lad on the end of it and try and make something happen. I, I th I've struggled to recall many successful short corner routines. It just doesn't happen, does it? I hate it. It doesn't happen. You don't see it happen. And like, how frustrating is it? Especially when there's like a clear lack of concise plan for set pieces and the centre-halves go up and then it's passed short and then the bloke who it's passed to has no idea what he's doing with it. Yeah. Like I wouldn't understand if you're working on short corner routines and there's a bit of movement to a near post and it creates space for this bloke and this bloke. Fair enough. But so often now, like I think because there's like this obsession with possession yeah. in general speaking and like the art of not necessarily the art of crossing the ball, but the art of knocking it long and getting on someone's head mm -hmm. is a bit, it's a bit looked down upon. Yeah. Frowned upon almost. Yeah. Like short corners all the time. And like, and any club has the right to be good at corners. Like all you have to do is practice them, get someone who's like good delivery. It can be a great equalizer. So I just don't understand why so many clubs knock the ball short all the time. Every time Spurs do it, 
and we we don't score many from corners, but every time we do, I'm just screaming, get the ball in the box. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. We've gone the other way this season in that we've actually started to just whip it in a bit, very Warnock-esque, and we've, we've managed to nick a few goals from it. We're not exactly a free-scoring team. Um, so yeah, I'm all for that. Just get it in the it's box. Got to come from the man- it must come from the manager, right? Yeah, it has to. Yeah. It has to because yeah. everything is everything is set out to the slightest detail, isn't it? So mm. something like that has to come from the manager. Yeah. So I'm I'm not a fan of no. short corners. However, I would I would put more up more of an argument for for this than I than what I did last week. But mm-hmm. if I have to sit for another interview of a player saying, oh, you know, these are really tough opponents, we won't take them lightly, yeah. or, um, you know, yeah, it was a really hard game out there, we just won 4-0, yeah. um, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then that's, that's like... mind numbing boring for me. And I would rather see the return of Alan Boxic-esque, <laughs> not Alan Boxic, precisely not Alan, Alan Boxic. Alan Boxic-esque characters to the game. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's a... That's a, that's a stronger case, um, unless I've managed to convince you about short corners. See, and, you've, you've and managed to convince me. Changing your Twitter profile to show Union Jack flag. You you have twisted my arm a bit in that. My thing is just like a slight grievance with. It doesn't really impact the game as such. Whereas this season, I mean, we scored get one against Birmingham. The keeper just dropped it in his net. That was from lumping it in the box. That can actually have an effect on games and seasons. So you've we, talked me around a bit. We're just like now making the argument for each other. For, the, for the, each other. Well, I feel yeah. like I ruined my Alan Boxic argument with that story that was kind of just just linked to Alan Boxic rather than a reason why I think Mavericks should come back. But now I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I can't use him anymore because I sound like I'm advocating for footballers to lock women in houses. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I tell you what, just because it's early in the pod and we don't want to upset anybody from a PR perspective, maybe we Watch should stick corners. corners on yeah. gardening league and not the complete misogynistic approach <laughs> of, uh, of having a women rotation system. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think, you know, it's a, it's a tough call, but I think just for PR reasons, let's uh, let's send, uh, send short corners to gardening league. Yeah. Mm. Agreed. Okay. Uh, and like I said, guys, uh, listening, guys and girls, if you have any suggestions for what you'd like to send to Garden and Leave, uh, just um, stick them on Twitter. Uh, the, um, the handle will be up on the uh, on the bottom of the screen. Okay, next headline section: Fun Bind Eleven. Um, went for something a bit different this week than combining two top sides, and took inspiration from Meza Erzil's potent. Well protracted but very soon to be completed by the looks of it departure from Arsenal obviously Ozil making the headlines for uh, sitting in the reserves or wherever he's been sitting for the last much of the last year and taking home a big wage for doing absolutely nothing so we have scoured the rest of the Premier League squad lists and found an 11 of players that you may have forgot play for their current clubs um, because they've been uh, picking up a wage and not appearing uh, for their club in quite a long time. So this was quite fun to research. There were some names that popped up that I haven't seen uh, since like FIFA 16 or something. So um, 
yeah, let's uh, let's get started. I mean, this could easily also, as a precursor to this, be a Chelsea reserve eleven. Yeah, um, that's, I, I, I kind of tried not to do that because yeah. it would have been so easy to just whack a list of Chelsea players out. Like, oh, did you uh, know that this guy still plays there? Absolutely, yeah, like Matai Kesman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I've tried to cap myself on Chelsea players, but... Um, I have still got seven. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, let's see where we've got to, and we'll start, uh, Aaron, with your goalkeeper. Who have you got? Um, so I've gone in goal, Liverpool, Loris Carrius. Yeah, me too. Um, you got him as well, yeah. So yeah. I think obviously capped by Germany every level up to senior. Never really looked like he was the answer to Liverpool's goalkeeping issues, but I think the final nail in that coffin was obviously the Champions League final where he was undoubtedly at fault for two goals, basically threw one at Benzema and then dropped a bale 40-yarder into his own net. And I don't think he's ever really recovered from that. He's uh, spent a season on loan at Basic Das. He's currently on loan at Union Berlin. And I think he'll just slowly creep out of the back door one day when his Liverpool contract's up. Yeah, it's scary to think like his last game for them was the Champions League final. Yeah, which and is crazy. He's actually he's not been out of the fold at Liverpool for that long. But I think like the, the Allison has come in and been so good and so secure. It's like he's been there for ages. Yeah. So it makes it seem like Carrius was like, 10 years ago during yeah. the Liverpool banter days. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't look past him for, for goalkeeper. So that, that's yeah. one selection nailed down. Um, what about defenders? A couple of centre-halves have you got? Yeah, so I've got I've got a flat back four. Yeah. Do you want my centre-backs first? Yeah, let's go centre-halves. I've got Phil Jones. Yeah, Phil Jones. <laughs> Phil Jones, um, and then one that's close to the home for me, Ben Gibson. Oh, Ben Gibson, yeah. So, Phil Jones obviously was always never quite lived up to the early promise, you could say, but he did look like he'd sort of carved a, a decent enough career for himself at United as maybe a bit of a utility man. Mm. Not going to be the number one centre half, but you know he could he could do a job in the cups or cover injuries, can play in midfield, centre back, right back, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah. this season he's not even got given a squad number. He's not not registered to play. Um, so I, I think, feel like I feel like Phil Jones has been quite. It's just been his career's just been ruined by social media. Yeah, but like all the like, of weird pictures of him and stuff. Yeah, but because of social media, like nobody has, nobody forgets that he plays for Man U. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's like, "How does this guy play for Man U?" Yeah, if that makes sense. But like, it is, it is still astounding that he, he is still a Manchester United player, having effectively peaked. Yeah, about eight years ago. Crazy, isn't it? and they've still not managed to get him off the books. Yeah. Um, Ben Gibson, really interesting one because he was so highly rated. Yeah, so, in, the champ- in the championship with Borough, did, did he ever play in the Premier League with Borough? Did he get his move? Yeah, to- so he was centre half for us the season we went up. Um, we broke pretty much every defensive record in the league: most clean sheets, longest min- amount of minutes without a goal, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He was then one of the very few players that could sort of hold his head high off the back of our um, Premier League season. He was on the verge of an England call-up and then when we went down, instead of moving, he opted to stay and try and help us get straight back up at first go, which we obviously didn't. Um, And then he moved on to Burnley for 15 million, which 
at the time was their record signing. I think it still is, but I'm not hundred percent sure on that. But he never made a league appearance for them. He just went yeah. there. I think he fell out with Sean Dyche, was supposedly what people say. Never ever made an appearance for them, and he's now back on loan at Norwich in the Championship. So yeah, weird and there's one. like there's a bit of like he's not been shy about saying it either, has he on Twitter? No, like he's like I think uh, Burnley fans, yeah, they've. They don't like it, but they kind of Burnley have usually like had this cycle where they get a centre back like Michael Keane, who's performing really well, and then they'll bring Tarkowski in, and then he'll be on the bench for a whole year, and then they'll sell Keane, and then Tarkowski will move up. Yeah, so like I assumed cool. after Gibson's first season that would kind of happen. But yeah. He just he just disappeared. No, he just I don't, I don't I don't mean he played for like eighteen months. Yeah. Um. He just never, he just never got in the team, never got near, and yeah, yeah back shame, on like, line Big England prospect. He was a big England prospect at one point. Yeah, he was really um, good. A couple of good shouts there. I've gone for Winston Reid. Bloody hell. <laughs> who's still at West Ham and only 32. Winston <laughs> Reid, only 32. No, this was the most surprising thing because he last made an appearance for West Ham in March 2018. Sure? So, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. I double checked no, three or four times that I, I was seeing that on the screen, but I'll have to. I might have to check three or four different sources. Um, but like, he was like oh, a Premier League regular for West Ham, like one of their better players, like consistently making over yeah. thirty appearances a season. And then he just kind of disappeared. But like, not. I assumed because we hadn't seen a lot of him. Oh, he disappeared because like he's 34, 35, getting yeah, on. Yeah, he's him. just body's falling but apart. He's only thirty-two. Yeah. Like. He, he could have played like 30 to 32 is a like pretty good age for a centre half. And the thing is, is on top of that, it's not just that like he's 32 now, but it feels like he's been gone off the scene for ages as well. Like, yeah, like, it feels like, like there's it, so much turnover at West Ham, isn't there? Yeah. That, like, it just been a long time ago, and I can't believe he's still there. He's on loan at the ML, in the MLS at the moment, but yeah, that it surprised me that he was still at West Ham and that he was 32. Yeah, that's that surprised um, me. And then this one, I've come from a slightly different angle, it might be might not exactly fit the brief but little quiz question Aaron can you name who Southampton signed this summer or the previous summer no, what centre back what, any well they signed a centre half but I'm telling you that nobody knows about it because he's never played he's not played for him they spent 10 million pounds on Mohamed Salah Sue I hope I'm saying that right from uh-huh. Valad- Valadid and I definitely didn't say that right um, but 10 million pounds for Southampton like yeah, it's not. Yeah, not small change. Like mm. they've only spent thirty million in the summer, and ten million of it was on this centre half, and he's not played a game for him yet. I would have. I if you told me that he was a Southampton player, I wouldn't have known it. No. So whether that's forgetfulness in terms of like, oh yeah, he's been there so long, maybe not. But I did. I genuinely didn't know. Yeah, him. no. You could so, have put him in front of me, and I wouldn't have been able to say. Yeah. But maybe, you know, maybe maybe he's one for the future. He's only 21. Mm. I bet they reckon Vestergaard had a really good partnership this year. So I definitely don't want to be writing him off. But um, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw his name on the squad list. So, yeah, um, yeah no, I thought of that one in from a different angle. But yeah, that's a good it, shout. It, it, hard for me to look past Ben Gibson, I think, is the number one there. I'd go Ben Gibson, Winston Reid. Yeah, that works and read one shocked me. If nothing else, it's his age. Yeah, I tell, I tell you what, I, like... verify, I need to verify that that is absolutely true because I, even though I've said it 10 times, I'm You're still definitely not guessing sure. yourself now. Yeah, so while I'm looking when it's the read up who is going to partner Ben Gibson and his team, 
do you want to talk to me about who you've got at fullback? Yeah, so uh, again, these are ones that you won't have forgot that they exist as players, but they're forgotten in the sense of the Premier League. So I'll go right back first with Slick Vic himself, Victor Moses from Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's been out on loan since the 18-19 season. Uh, Fenerbahce into, and he's currently at Spartak Moscow. Yeah, I mean, he has hit the big three there in terms of the, you know, the in terms of the gossip column transfer links. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, big time one within uh, the standard Fenerbahce link, and then yeah. now off to some sort of backwater league to just see out his days. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a bit weird one because he had a weird start to his Chelsea career. I think he was there for three years before he actually made an appearance. And then he actually got in the team and had a couple of solid seasons playing right wing back under Conte. Yeah. And then since then, yeah, he's just been out on loan. And I think you sort of forget that he's still there and still a Chelsea player. Yeah, it's it's a really strange one because as well, he just like keeps signing new contracts there. Yeah. So, like, well, I kind of get it because he's then on that Chelsea wage at Spartak Moscow mm. rather than Spartak Moscow wage at Spartak yeah no one yeah. so I understand from his point of view why he's on new contracts but why are they giving him new contracts yeah, yeah. Um, what's that baffled me but that's a, that's a great shout and he's he's probably slightly more of a natural right back than the guy I've shoehorned him who's another Chelsea forgotten man which is Matt Miazga yeah so <laughs> yeah there you go that's everything um, he's not played for Chelsea since April 2016. Um, I think he was a very cynical purchase in an attempt mm-hmm. to break the American market yeah. and ended up not doing so very unsuccessfully yeah. at Reading. I'm not saying his loan spells have been unsuccessful. I mean, uh, I mean, a few years later along came a chap called Christian Pulisic, which has been a slightly more yeah, successful experiment to break, the, to break the American market. Um, yeah, so, I mean... Moses, Miazga, you could put about eight Chelsea, you could put eight Chelsea players. Yeah, there's loads of them. I think they've still got Zappa Costa on the books as well when I was looking. Yeah. Another one at my back. I think based on the criteria of this side, which is like it's the it's a best eleven, and there's so there has to be a combination of ability slash forgetfulness. I think we've got to have Moses in because we otherwise we might be desperately short of quality. Yeah, he'll probably be the best player in this team from right back, <laughs> possibly. So uh, he might be pushed for the forward in the second half. But yeah, so uh, Moses slips in at right back, and who've you got a left back? Um, this is another one that nobody will have forgotten exists, but again, forgotten in the sense of he's not playing, and it's almost inexplicable as to why. And it's someone you'll be far, far better placed to comment on. Danny Rose. Yeah, 56 appearances for Tottenham, England's number one left back, so not that long ago, to suddenly not even having a squad number and not registered to play. It's uh, in the sense of, yeah, forgotten man. He's it's a weird one, yeah. He's definitely the forgotten man at Spurs. Like, I don't think Danny Rose's media profile means he's ever forgotten. He's obviously always got yeah. like a speed some journalist on speed dial to do an interview, but like, I, I don't mind hearing him speak. I think he. He's quite refreshing with his interviews. We talked about earlier how there's no Mavericks in the game yeah. and stuff like that. Like at least when Danny Rose speaks, it's worth listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a sad decline at Spurs, to be honest. He was a big fan favourite um, during the like the peak potch years, but the club just haven't been able to get him off the books. And like he's been stubborn about it. They've wanted to sell him for a couple of transfer windows, not not been able to find a buyer. 
there's that kind of iconic like scene in the Amazon documentary which has become a uh, bit of a meme on Spurs Twitter which is like um, Daniel Levy saying oh well, Bournemouth are interested Newcastle are interested and Danny Rose is like any news on Milan <laughs> and Levy's like no Danny <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um nothing wrong with setting your sights high no yeah exactly um i think and I th- there's rumors that he's um there's a turkish club in from and he's he's fast approaching his turkish move window yeah, yeah. so um yeah i think again that's going to take some beating um i think he falls in a little bit of the phil jones category that nobody's forgot he's around but like it is inexplicable that he's not that yeah. he's still at that club Whereas mine is a bit, I think he's a bit more forgetful, but he's certainly not as good a player and it, it, it makes a bit more sense because, it, again, it comes from Chelsea. And that's Kennedy. He's not he's not really a left-back, but he's a left-hand side of player. I had him in initially and then swapped him. So, yeah, they totally agree yeah, with you. It's, um, yeah, again, I don't know how he's still there. Last appearance in January 2018, last Prem appearance May 2017. 27 appearances in five years. It's just um, weird. Just another one on, on that Chelsea yeah. continuous cycle of loans and yeah, loans. So, um, yeah, I, I, we could easily pick loads of Chelsea players. So, let's get Danny Rose in, I think. Okay, what do you reckon? So yeah, let's with, because uh, I've got three Chelsea players in centre mid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> although I've good got... chemistry, actually, would it be good chemistry because they've probably never trained together? Yeah, that's the thing. I don't, yeah, some of these guys have probably never met each other despite the yeah. fact that. They've all been at Chelsea for several years. Yeah, they'll be like that big, ch- the whole Chelsea squad WhatsApp group with loads of unsaved numbers. Yeah, I have no idea who this guy is. I've never, yeah. I've never yeah. spoken to him or seen him before. Um, okay, so we've got Carrius in goal, and then uh, Moses, uh, Winston Reid, Ben Gibson, and Danny Rose across the back four. Um, do a job, that. that that's not a bad Could do a job <laughs> so far. Um, what about midfield? What formation you got? It sounds like a four-three-three. Yeah, so I've got a four-three-three with four centre mids, uh, with three centre mids. Sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, three. Yeah, I thought for a minute, you'd, you'd, there was a player that was that forgotten. <laughs> like somehow sneaked into the team and nobody had noticed as an extra extra midfielder. Yeah, he's that bad. Um, yeah. yeah, I've got a four-three-three, three centre mids, all from Chelsea, all currently out on loan elsewhere. Um, yeah. I'll start with Danny Drinkwater. Well, Fire them all off. Who Danny Drinkwater, Marco yeah. Van Hinkle, and Kamui yeah. Bakihoko. Oh, God. Yeah, where does it end? Where yeah. does it end with Chelsea? Because I've got Lewis Baker as well. Yeah. Although, is, is he more of a wide man, I think? Uh, no, he is, he, is cent- he is a centre mid. We, we had him on loan. He was one of them. Another, like Josh McEachran, all of those ones yeah. come through the Chelsea Academy, going to be the next big thing, and then flop. I think the only one who's probably done it to, with any sort of success recently is Mason Mount. Yeah. Um, well, let's go through them one by one. I think like you have to start at the top, which is Van Ginkle. Twenty thirteen, he joined Chelsea yeah. for appearances. It's just crazy, I isn't it? I don't, yeah. I don't get what is going on with him. So well, I know he did have serious injuries in his first couple of seasons. Yeah, which, and that's that's big. understandable. Yeah, but with that, he's been on loan at PSG since two thousand and sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, what's the... I only picked up the phone in that time and thought, I'll tell you what, can we do a permanent move? Yeah, like, that's what I mean. What's the long-term plan? Because everyone knows about Chelsea's sort of production line of talent where they'll bring in these kids, they'll loan them out and sell them on for a huge profit or they'll farm them into the first team. That's... It's a good good little model they've got there. 
but yeah. he doesn't fit into that. He's 28 now, so he's never going to yeah. suddenly break oh, into no, Chelsea's team. 28. I can't believe he's 28. And like, <laughs> clearly a decent player. He scored 14 goals in 28 games in one of his PSV loan seasons. Yeah, he is. So, yeah. I don't Can't know. Can't Netherlands. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think just... he's a shoe in in midfield. Yeah. Um, drink water and back yoga. I mean, drink water was an odd signing. Yeah, I think he was one of those, wasn't he, where... It was just a perfect storm for him at Leicester. That that yeah. title winning season, obviously, Kante and Mares moved on to bigger and better things. Vardy, everyone knows about Jamie Vardy. I think Drinkwater was for him personally. That Leicester season was just it was just the right place at the right time. It was like when Charlie Adam looked like the Scottish Zidane when he was at Blackpool. Yeah. It just every now and again a player is just in a team at a club and it just it just works for them. And I think that's what it was for Drinkwater. I don't think it was ever going to work for him at Chelsea, and it, it yeah. clearly hasn't. Yeah, and he's he's had a couple of very unsuccessful loans mm. in the Premier League. Yeah, well, he's uh, just gone to Kasim Paso in Turkey. I mean, yeah. we talk about Fenerbahce. Like, at least if you go to Fenerbahce, you're going to a top Turkish team. I mean, who who are yeah. Kasim Paso? Yeah, that's exactly what Danny Drinkwater was asking. Um, <laughs> Yeah, strong contender. And Bakayoko came in from Monaco. Yeah, he was what he was part of that really good Monaco team, wasn't he? Like Thomas Lamar, Fabinho, Mbappe before he went to PSG. What have his what? loan spells been? He has he been consistently going back to Milan or Yeah, so he went to Milan went back to Monaco, I yeah. currently at Napoli. So yeah. The first two teams had an option to buy on him, and obviously neither of them have taken it up. He's now on loan at Monaco. I think with him, he's a bit of a... It's in his head. So I was reading about how when he was at Monaco, obviously everyone expected him to be the next big thing, and they had to basically take him to one side. He, he, he sold his big flashy house and moved into a small apartment. He sold his fleet of pink cars and bought like a black car. And Claude Makélélé essentially had to take him under his wing and sort of school him through what he needs to do to become a better player. And it looked like it obviously worked for a while, but I feel like that's obviously just gone wrong somewhere because he was appalling for Chelsea. He was so yeah. bad. Yeah, and it was like it was so evident from like the first game. It wasn't yeah. those like one of those where, oh yeah, over the course of the season it didn't work out. Like it was so clear from the yeah, first from game. the first game of the season that it just wasn't going to happen. And they bought they bought him in for forty million. It wasn't like he was. Yeah some player that they just took a little gamble on and you never know, like 40 million, even for a club at Chelsea, is a lot of money. And yeah. he's I mean, been... I, I can understand how he might fall into the habits of the high life living in Chelsea, then Milan, yeah. then Monaco, Monaco. Then Naples. <laughs> no. I mean, he's accustomed that's to certain really... things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Danny Drinkwater's loan spells, Villa, Burnley. Now. Mm -hmm. Not as much, Danny. Yeah. Um, Okay, I've got, I reckon we can definitely get a, one of them in, but I've, I'd like to make a case for a couple, uh, one of my midfielders. So I've yeah, got, um, I've got Henry Saive, um, who's at Newcastle. Yeah. Okay. Now he joined from Bordeaux in January 2016. He made seven appearance. He's made seven appearances in five seasons. Jeez. He's still there. He's not on loan anywhere. <laughs> just there. I just like I have no recollection of this guy ever playing in the Premier League. The um, only. The only reason I even remember he exists is because he was an absolute monster on one of the old football manager games. He became the best player in the world. And that is literally okay. the only reason I can even recognise his name. Because, yeah, if you'd have asked me where he is, I wouldn't have thought he was still at Newcastle. Not a chance. Yeah. 
crazy. And then going from someone like who I don't have any recollection of, there's another one who I'm, I'm not actually sure this guy's real. I think this is just a name that's been like dropped into a website as a test. Yeah. Yaroslav Yak at Crystal Palace. Now, apparently he was bought, he's 26 years old, Polish. So it's not like they've taken a punt on a kid yeah. necessarily when they bought him in, uh, three years ago. He's made one, one EFL Cup appearance, and that was this season. Like, I'm not even sure Palace fans know who this guy is. Yeah, that's a weird one. No, I've no. never heard of him. Yeah. Saive, heard of, just didn't realise he was still at Newcastle. Yaroslav yeah, Yak, I've never even heard of. So maybe Yak actually doesn't fit the bill then, because did we remember him in the first place to yeah. forget him? I've, I've never even heard of him, I don't think. Yeah, let's okay. No, that's fair. So let's direct, let's get Sive in. If you said you've forgotten he was at Newcastle, alongside Van Ginkle, and I'll give you your choice of, of your Chelsea boys. I'll I reckon, go Bakayoko. Yeah, I, I reckon Bakayoko is a good shout. 40 spent yeah. 40 million on him, and I imagine most people probably think he left a couple of seasons ago. So yeah, I'll yeah. go Bakayoko. Bakayoko. So three man midfield of Sive, Bakayoko, and Van Ginkle. Yeah. Um, have you got what then? Two wingers and a striker. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what wing? What wing has you got? And this is just a very quick one. Obviously, Mesut Özil would be in here, but it looks like he's about to leave any second, if not already confirmed. So yeah. that's the only reason I, I didn't put him in. Otherwise, he would have been straight in there. Yeah. Um, to my wingers on the right, I've got Yannick Balassi, who is yeah. still at Everton after a thirty million pound move. Still sitting on 80 grand a week. He's had a loan at Villa, Anderlecht and Sport in Lisbon, but never really done anything on on any of them. He linked with us heavily, um, yeah. and he still is this window. It doesn't look like it's going to happen because obviously the wages are a massive stumbling block, but he's another one, 30 million, 80 grand a week, and I think most people probably forgot he exists. Yeah, especially because I think this is something that came up maybe with West Ham. There's such a turnaround of players at Everton. yeah. Um, with the change of managers and and whatnot, and yeah, they've spent quite a lot of money on a lot of forwards, and you would just forget that he's that he ever really yeah had a chance there. Was he? Did he? What did he have about half a season in the side? Was it was it Allardyce that signed him? So he did. He he started all right, and he did his ACL and was out for basically two full years. Yeah, and then after that, has just never done anything. He didn't do well at, on loan at Villa. Did. All right at Anderlecht, I think. Didn't do particularly well at Sporting. And now he's just back there, sat on an 80 grand a week contract. Yeah, cushy, cushy. It's all right. Um, who else have you got on the other wing? On the left, again, this isn't someone that you'll necessarily have forgotten that he exists, especially you. Um, but when he was signed by his current team, there was such immense hype around him so to go from that to currently being on loan at Hoffenheim it's um, Ryan Sessegnon yeah so obviously he broke into the Fulham team at 16 become the first footballer born after the year 2000 score a, a league goal in England um, obviously the season that Fulham went up he was absolutely sensational Cle- cleaned up won pretty much every award that season I think uh, scored 15 goals countless assists Came to Tottenham with a huge amount of hype around him. Obviously, he's still only very young, so I'm not saying he hasn't lived up to that. But 
to go from that amount of hype to then not really doing anything at Tottenham and ending up out on loan. Yeah. Most people, if you, again, I imagine if you said, where's Ryan Sesson on now? They'd be like, I don't know. Yeah, I think especially because it's quite an obscure loan move. Yeah, Hoffenheim. Off, like, I think, well, Spurs, if this is the first time with Session that Spurs have thought anything through. They've picked a loan move where he's playing at left wing back. He's playing every week and he's getting really good reviews. But they effectively bought Session without, seemingly without any plan of how they were going to decide whether he's going to play left back, whether he's going to play further forward. (laughs) He's had a couple of injuries and then the manager's changed. But yeah, it's it's not worked out so far, but they've now seemed to um, put a plan together where they want him to get experience at left wing back and then either compete with or possibly replace Regulon if he if he generates interest elsewhere or is bought back from Real Madrid because there's a buyback clause. Um, so yeah, I think he's well, uh, he's well and truly on Tottenham fans' radars, but probably considering the hype, yeah, has probably disappeared off a lot of others. And I think that's an important element is that, like I'm going to mention a couple of wingers here that long for long forgotten from Premier League fans' minds, mm-hmm. but they were never really in Premier League fans' minds like Ryan Sessegnon may have been. So I think Sessegnon's probably got a strong case. Um, I've already mentioned Lewis Baker. I've got Lewis Baker in. Um, one senior appearance for Chelsea since January 2014, nine different loan spells. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I like again, he is this guy's a genius, his agent is. To go and play. Um, I think he's at Trabs on Spore yeah. now, he's been at Borough, Vitesse, obviously. Yeah, yeah. the standard uh, Vitesse loan. He was on loan yeah. at Leeds for a bit. Yeah. So um I, 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 it's astounding that he's still contracted to Chelsea. Yeah. Um, and then on the other wing, I've got um, Gazelle from Leicester. So mm-hmm. um, bought for twelve and a half million. Uh, they were looking for a replacement for Mares. Um, he's scored one Premier League goal, and he's and he was bombed out after a season. Uh, last played March twenty nineteen. I didn't realize they paid that much for him. Yeah, like so. You know they did they did some they've done some good business in, in recent years Leicester but he was he was definitely a miss. Mm. Um, do any of those stand out for you? Um, I think I think Bilassi is a good shout. Yeah, I'd go Bilassi and Gazelle. Um, I think like I say Ryan Sessegnon was more in because he he, he came into uh, to Tottenham and his stock was up here. And it's yeah. perhaps dropped to here, so he's not necessarily forgotten. It's yeah, just the type certainly has. He's just gone off the radar a bit. So yeah, yeah, I'd I'd probably go for those two. Yeah. Okay. No, that seems that seems fair. Um, and then who's who's banging in all the goals? <laughs> this is a, this is another one that maybe my my borough bias perhaps put put him in here. Um, I've gone for Jordan Hugill. Oh, that's good actually. Um, yeah. Another one that I imagine most people will have forgotten that West Ham even signed. So never been particularly prolific. And then he had an all right sort of 18 months at, at Preston. Um, yeah. Started the season, I think he had 11 by January or something like that. So again, not good, but nothing incredible. Um, and West Ham went out and spent 10 million on him. Yeah, he's made, he's made three appearances for West Ham across all competitions. Never scored a goal. And yeah. then it's just been back out on loan in the championship ever since. 
Yeah, it was such an odd move from West Ham to go and get an English striker from the Championship who scores no goals, as opposed to a continental striker who comes in and scores no goals. Yeah. 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 So, but it, it, that is, yeah, I, I, have, I have definitely forgotten he was still a West Ham. Um, so I think, yeah, he's, he's a strong, strong shout. Um, I've gone for Leo Bonatini. <laughs> he was, he was who I had in originally as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I realised we actually need someone to put the ball in the net, which he hasn't done in the league um, for Wolves since December 2017. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think what he, he like he was like one of the first in the wave of um, signings and like came in alone and scored 12 and 22. He hasn't scored yeah. since. Wolves, like a like a, a Brazilian Rufus Smalls. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I think like I think they're both credible shouts. But as soon as you said Jordan Hugel, I literally went, "Oh my god, he still plays West Ham." Yeah, and that is exactly the point of this team. So I think Hugel is definitely the right man to lead the line. Sweet, cool. So um, <laughs> let's just go over. I lo- I love that. I love looking into that. It is crazy. If you've got the spare two minutes, look at Chelsea's full squad list on transfer marks and see all their um, loans that they've got out. And and also the contract lengths on some of those loans. Like, you wouldn't believe they've still got two or three. Some of them have still got two or three years left on their contracts. Yeah. Incredible. Um, so we've got Carrius, Moses, Gibson, Reed, Rose, um, Saive, Van Ginkel, Bakayoko, Gazelle, Balassi, and Hugo. One incredibly forgettable <laughs> from Bind 11. Wow. Um, that's all we've got time for. Pardon, pardon, Aaron? It started off all right, that team. Yeah, goalkeeper and defence is all right. Midfield's a little bit questionable, but not bad. It really, really suffers when you get up top, though, doesn't it? Not a lot of uh, quality in that that front front area. Um, Yeah. So um, we'll we'll keep the seats all right. A few clean sheets. With the right manager, pick up a few points. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we would have to buy a whole load of new players in January anyway because these are all be on loan somewhere obscure. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. They're all approaching their Fenerbahce window if they haven't been there already. Um, that's all I've got time for on this week's episode. Um, if you've got any great shouts for forgotten Premier League footballers, um, get back to us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us at table four four two the four oh, table four four t one. I beg my pardon. Uh, the four is spelled F. And uh, please subscribe to, to the YouTube channel at uh, table four four two uh, as well. Um, anything anything to add, Aaron? Before we uh, bid our listeners farewell. Um, no, just thank you for the support off the back of the the first episode, and we look forward to doing more episodes going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Keep an eye out. We're going to hope to have a weekly episode out on a Thursday or a Friday um, going forward. So, uh, yeah, please keep continuing to tune in and uh, give us all the constructive feedback you'd like. Until next time, cheers, guys. Thank you, everybody. Cheers. Bye.